We want better schools. We want them now. Stand in our way, and you'll catch these eight black hands with Ankrum, Cole, El Mecki, and Stewart. Join us now for an hour or more of talk on education and culture. Hey, good evening, everybody. Uh, look, y'all know who we are. We're the Eight Black Hands. And tonight, uh, I'm just excited to be with my three friends. I just wanted to have a, a throwback episode to before the cameras used to come on. And it would just be my three other friends in education that kind of understand what I'm going through or what we're trying to go through collectively in education. And we just talk about it. Just, you know, no bones about it. No, no, no political correctness in it. Just like real conversation about what education needs to look like and the intersection of black people, man. And uh, I really, really need that tonight. I really need that. And, and for my homies in this space uh, to kind of meet me there. So I don't have a special guest in this episode, but uh, I would just like to, you know, I was going to start with Ray. I was going in alphabetical order, but uh, Sharif, just what's just on your mind in education, man, education and black people. I don't know. It could be whatever it is, but just what's in your sphere, bro? Let's just have a conversation. It ain't no no panel. We just gonna talk like friends. Yeah, bro. Um, good to see y'all. It's a whole lot on my mind um, in regard to <laughs> education and black children. I'll, uh, you know, I think the big buckets is obviously uh, Roro and all her descendants, her progeny. That's uh, you know, going all through the the country and particular schools, uh, thinking about you know all those educators who are out. And the educators who are left behind um, are covering classes, covering lunchrooms, covering reset, like just, you know, uh, swamped, uh, thinking about what does what could reinvention, reimagining look like. You know, heard a whole lot of districts saying that's what they were going to do after pandemic, but it seemed like they were rushing right back to what they already had before. Um, so it's a whole lot of, uh, you know, those kind of things, just like the the pressures of, you know, being in schools right now. And what does it mean to show up for children um, and cover classes where you have no preps, you know, uh, to prepare, to plan. Uh, so all those things are are, uh, you know, on my mind, man, stressing me, you know, stressing me, stressing educators, stressing children, stressing families, just communities at large. So. All of that, just one big wax, you know, Roro, Progeny and the Havoc, um, you know, that's uh, route on, route on schools. That's what's up, man. I mean, so we can just stay there for a minute, man. What's up, Ray? It's good to see you, brother. Um, so, I mean, what's what's happening over there, Sharif? Like, you know, you got those thoughts for those people or whatnot. I just, bro, it's just been a lot of our people that just needed like help that's been struggling. It's just a lot of stuff happening and you know on the twitter space it's a lot of these powerful people are arguing back and forth and semantics but our people you know they still kind of hurting in the knee but um so you know just around that you know what how can we even add value just to what you just said right now bro what do you need yeah man i mean listen it's it's a uh, you know we have to recognize it's extremely hard and and people are you know one black folks are not a monolith right and you got yeah you're right people are arguing up here people in the community like you know some of them like, hey, I'd rather not send my kid to school um, or at least want to have the option not to. Um, you have others who are like, hey, you know what? I don't have a babysitter for my first, second grader. Like I have to go to work. Um, so I need a partnership with a school so that my child can uh, be in the space. You have intergenerational families who are like, hey, if they get sick, my, you know, my parents or whoever I live with or other family members are uh their health is compromised already. So all of that, man. And so I, you know, I, I think one, you know, just as often as possible, I think everything's local anyway. Right. And so really responding to what is the local constituents, but then also it goes back to options, having options. Um, if school is open, but other people want a different option, then that is some of the planning should that should have happened uh, to provide that, you know, there are districts mm -hmm. that said, no, you come all the way back in, and we don't care what else you got going on. That's the only option you have. Like to me, that's uh, you know, that's just not the way to to partner with families when they're saying very clearly over and over again, like, hey, you know what? We actually would prefer a different option right now. I got you. I, I mean, y'all can jump in, man. I guess my question would just be to you, like, what advice 
do we have for our parents that do feel trapped by that, that do feel like, you know, that's upset that there's not an, both an in-person and a virtual and a home study thing. Like what, you know what I mean? I don't know. I mean, Chris Ray, y'all might, well, let me go to you, Ray, with what he said. Cause you, you know, you ran the whole system, bro. Like, so, you know, for your parents, one, I don't know how y'all are doing it right now. Are y'all having both in class and virtual, virtual only? Like, you know what I'm saying? What, what's happening over there that, that relates to what Sharif was talking about? Yeah. So um, it's a fine line, bro, uh, in terms of just like the data. I, I think every decision that you make needs to be a data informed decision. Right. And so what we saw during the first iteration of the pandemic was uh, our kids were learning better in person. Right. And so, like, you know, we made a, a, a push for our kids to be in person. However, you know, there are those occasions in which kids get infected or. Uh, a house has to be quarantined. Mm-hmm. So having that virtual option is kind of paramount for uh, for parents to be able to, for parents and, and, and families to be successful in navigating just the nuance that exists uh, in just this COVID-19 pandemic. And so for us, you know, we, we've kept both options open, right? Okay. And so I think that... Um, Although, you know, we prefer for our kids to be in person, we understand that, you know, with the infectiousness and the infection rates that are happening out on Suffolk County, um, we needed to have both options. But again, the preference is always, you know, what's best suited uh, in looking at the data. And so in looking at the data, it's better to be in person in terms of just like learning. Because you got to think about the last two years of having in-person and virtual and not really having anything consistent, the learning that's not happening, right? And because we focus so much, we we focus and put so much in terms of professional development on kids being in school. So a lot of the training that teachers receive uh, was based off of uh, students being in school. And a lot of that training wasn't like virtual training or like, how can you be a really good teacher uh, in a virtual space? And it takes two different skill sets in order for you to be a really good teacher in a virtual space uh, and for you to be a really good teacher in in person spaces, two different skill sets. And so just preparing our teachers, listening to listen to educators, because, you know, it has to be safe. Um, we have a newer school. So like we have a HEPA fil- filtration system that is like the state of the art in terms of like what they use in uh, hospitals. Right. So like our air is like constantly flowing through and being refiltered or whatever. And, um, you know, we checked in with teachers. We did surveys. We did everything that we needed to do in order to ensure that they were safe and they felt like they could be in a good place in order to uh, deliver instruction. And uh, in addition to that, our teachers wanted to be at school like they understood um, what what the need was in terms of uh, providing that for our families. uh, And they they wanted to be in school. That's what's up, bro. Um, I mean, any other thoughts, man? I mean, Chris, you got you got a bunch of kids and a bunch of different schools and a bunch of different places, man. And you just heard what what Ray said. I mean, how how are you and your family like just in this moment, bro? Like, is it extra difficult for y'all? Is it uh, you know, what I'm saying, is your schools offering all those different options? You know, I'm just curious. I just don't know. Yeah, we don't have a lot of options. Um, and our schools are, I think, keeping the roof on. I mean, we we're in, in school. Uh, it's not chaotic like we're hearing in a lot of other parts of the country. This is why I try and really kind of always make the point that people should not generalize too much about the state of things without getting particular about how, you know, New York is different than Tallahassee. Tallahassee is different than Chicago. Chicago is different than Boise, right? Like our kids are in a lot of different situations. So uh, folks should be very specific to their locale about what's going on with their kids, which means you have to be dialed in. You have to be paying attention because it may be worse than you think it is in your local area. It might be better than you think it is, but either way, it'd be nice for you as a parent to know, number one, what your options are. Are you, you know, are you just going with the default? Like the district sends us emails all the time. They tell us what's up. They don't ask us. Well, I take that back. You know, they send out surveys and stuff like that, but they often tell us we're in school or we're out of school or this is it's going to be this many hours or these are the services that we have if you need them. But it doesn't often feel like a two way street. But, you know, you started by asking where our minds were right now. And my mind is, is here. 
okay, it's been a couple of years now. So it's not news that it's bad. It's not news that there are things going wrong. It's not news. We should be over the, the, the sky is falling stuff by now. And we should be in the sleeves are rolled up and everybody's doing all they can to make it not be bad. That means parents are doing what they can do to make it not be bad and educators and school leaders and politicians and people who write the checks and sign the checks, uh, advocacy groups. Nobody should be specializing in the business right now of reiterating to the public how bad it is or how terrible the, the things are or how we're doomed or uh, 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 specializing in strife and criticism and critique. Those things have their place. And most times it's not going to do anything for me and my kids right now. I don't need one more person to come and tell me the sky is falling and blah, blah, blah. Because you know what? That's not going to help me in any way, shape or form. Matter of fact, I'm going to be like, you think, right? Like <laughs> You think is bad? So here's what I propose. I propose now that we we get past that part and we start thinking in terms of collaboration, communications, connections, support sharing solutions, ideas, yeah. innovations, generative. We got to use the God spirit right now. See, the devil spirit will, will show up to tell you everything's wrong and why it's wrong and who's to blame and blame people and accuse and be angry, be hostile, make people more mad. You got you need to be more angry than you are right now. Whatnot. That voice is completely useless right now. The voice that causes people to call their neighbor and check in with them, that causes aunties to check in with their, their nieces and nephews, causes cousins to have each other's back. We can't do stuff alone right now. Like this is a bad time to be alienated and be alone and isolated or whatnot. We need extended families checking in. If you that uncle or that aunt that has no kids, uh, but you got disposable income and you got a little bit of time or whatnot, your niece or nephew is going to benefit from having multiple kind of that. That's like a backup resource. Like, but we have actually to start like calling people to the altar mm -hmm. to do something good right now. Uh, Cause we're not through it yet, but we just don't need to keep hearing how bad it is. We need ideas, solutions, support, help. Man. I, I mean, you know, you can, you can bring us all on the screen, Josh. I, I think um, just listening to what he was saying, man, I mean, I'm going to, you know, hear from y'all. I mean, Ray, we got somebody that's running the system that's kind of working on some things. You know, Sharif does all his work like in the community, trying to get black teachers, trying to get folks and all that stuff. And Chris, you've been helping out with just parents and getting those voices and stuff out there. I just, I don't know, man, for me, it just, it's, it's exactly what you said, Chris. It's like people going more for clicks and for likes and to get attention to stuff, but not really doing nothing. So Sharif, what, what about those people you know, they school, they school system is a mess. Maybe they, I know it's school choice week, but maybe they don't have options for choice or whatever. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they, like, you know, I mean, that town, you know, that place of Paducah don't have no charter schools. It's just, that it's just how that place is. Right. But like, you know, you are, I see you as a community guy. I'm not trying to pigeonhole you and I'm not saying nobody else here is a community people, but you got all those community principles, man. Our people are hurting right now. Yo, like from Sharif's wisdom. <laughs> I, I need a verse from you, Sharif. I need a, I need a quote that Ray will yell at you, the quote brother, to, to give credit to. I, I, what do you have for the people right now that's like, that, bars. that need it? <laughs> it bars. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, you know, I don't, I don't have a quote for it, but what I would say is, you know, we definitely have a, a black blueprint. You know, um, it's not the first time that communities were beleaguered and besieged. It's not the first time that we saw discrepancies in, in outcomes and uh, you know, dysfunctionality in, in uh, government and other institutions. So it's not the first time. And we can look at the black blueprint and see what happened. Communities rallied, faith-based institutions rallied, neighbors rallied, family members rallied. Um, and they, they said, we're protecting the kids. You know, when folks weren't building, you know, talking about like no school choice, there were times when there was no school. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, forget the choice. There was no school um, mm -hmm. and, and people built schools. Right. You know, um, I was, you know, just so excited, you know, to uh, I, I mentioned this, you know, to uh, three of my uh, former classmates, as well as, you know, a, a teacher from Nitha Musasa won a, won a uh, you know, a small grant to create like a 10 minute, you know, snapshot of uh, of our elementary school. And where they talked about like, hey, you know, we started this school in like in, in a community center on like LaSalle University's campus and the preschool started in somebody's house and eventually it moved to a school. But like it started in the house, you know, like and, and those that could 
lift as they climbed, as Mary Church Terrell used to say. If it, so there's a quote, we lift as we climb, you know, um, from Black Educator Hall of Famer uh, Mary Church Terrell. Um, and I think that essence has to continue. Like we are, we're not beyond that and we should not forget that. And we should recognize like, yeah, this is problematic, traumatic, stressful, all of the above. And um, we've seen people persevere. Uh, we've seen, but, but they did it through organizing. They did it through community. They did it for the love of children. And so if we start there, uh, I think that's at least, the, you know, that's the, the golden, uh, you know, ticket, so to speak, to, to at least start moving things forward. But, you know, start with what, what do our children need? What do my neighbor's child need? What do our community children need? And regardless of the condition of the school, the district, um, what can what can we do as uh, just human beings? Um, yeah, what can we offer? Mm-hmm. That's a question. You know, what can I what do I have to give? I feel like a lot of people don't feel like they have much to give. Right. I also feel like, you know, there's a lot of people who would look to history and say, if I was back then, I would have did X. No, always, right? I would have done such and such. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, I want you to go into the future about 50 years and say that now, well, if I was back then and all the kids were out of school and they were losing ground and black children were losing ground behind everybody else. And I had all this technology and jobs and stuff I had never had before in history. I would have done such and such. OK, mm-hmm. we'll go in the future, say that and then come back now t- to now and do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, no I doubt. think I think the problem with that, the problem with that, though, is that, you know, you you have people like to your point, you got people that, you know, they talk, they talk like they're on a bullhorn. Right. But then when it comes down to actually doing something, it's like it's mom's the words. Like, I don't want to upset people. Mm -hmm. I don't want to. But like when it comes to your kid, you should upset anybody. Right. Like nothing should come before your kid. Nothing should come before advocating for your kid. So if you got to take the gloves off in order to go to that school and advocate for your baby, then that's what you need to do. And I, th- I think that, that that's how you start a movement. If, if, if folks see or hear about you uh, going to a school and raising hell in a diplomatic way, right? Raising hell about the, the, the things that your kid deserves, right? And then they start thinking to themselves, all right, well, you know, if her kid or his kid deserves this, then my kid deserves this as well. And then y'all start channeling each other's energy, right? And then y'all start showing up to school board meetings like the other folks do. Right. And to making these demands about what your kids need and what your kids, uh, what your kids should have, then you'll start seeing change in these schools. Do you think a lot of what what you would show up to demand right now is like really what like, like are the schools really? Ooh, this is sounding bad even as it's coming out of my mouth. Like, like what our kids need right now, do you think it's like the schools that you would ask for it right now? I mean, the schools have a lot going on or whatever. We knew, do need to f- figure out ways to fill in gaps for kids. And I don't know that it's all going to be able to happen at school because they're, mm-hmm. you know, it's like they're running through mud right now. They're trying to run a sprint through mud. Yeah. So like, who else could you yell at <laughs> like, uh, to you get know, our you kids? Could, you, could, you know what I was going to say? Oh, go ahead, Ray. I'll go after you, Ray. Go ahead, bro. Need to yell at themselves. Go ahead. But I don't even think it's just necessarily yelling on. I think, I, you know, I appreciate Ray's... Uh, Perspective on that because he runs schools, right? Like, and also let me just give Cash Flowers why why they're here. So, right there's two. One, me and Josh shouted you out because we did this video and we was talking about, you know, how actually how difficult it is to actually do virtual learning well. And you actually mentioned something about that. But two, just as a dad, congratulations. His his boy is like 16 years old and starting college and will be a sophomore in college before what before he's 17 or 18 or something like that. It's before it's 17. ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I, I, one, I just want to, you know, I know y'all talk, we talk about black dads on this show. We try to lift up black dads or whatever, bro. But that's like a, but that's huge. That's huge. And just congratulations, bro. I wanted to give you that. Can y'all one, and we need everybody listening to share this, like this. And if you can't like that, then you definitely in the wrong place. Cause that's what we all about. Um, bro. Hey bro, listen, we about to hit it big. I'm gonna tell you why. We got the Russians in the comments. I'm blocking people. <laughs> the Russians are here tonight. Damn. They are all up in the comments. Make sure you don't got sexy girls. I just I disavow that. That sounds culturally insensitive. I disavow that part. I'm just standing here. That's exactly. Go read our comments. And you'll hey, when the bots show up, that means you're doing something right. That means you, you hit that radar. But I was going to say, and, 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 but Chris, I you know, I agree with you. I, you know, three of us here are social workers, right? Like, I, you know, 
and this is part of the part that I was going to bring up a little bit, but since we're here, I can go there. It's like, is it to just keep pushing the school system? Is it to just keep asking this entity that has shown us over and over and over again that they're not really rocking with us like that? Like, it, like you know what I'm saying? Like, there has to be, cool, we always going to have these systemic goals. Push the system, be involved, be engaged with that. But we got, how do we, you know, we got community agentic things, yo, like, if y'all got nonprofits in your community that's getting paid to serve your community, what's their solution or helpmate in this moment? What is your church's helpmate in this moment? What is your, I grew up asking the neighbor for sugar. I don't know how many of y'all did. Hey, you got to go knock on the door and ask for sugar. I'm just saying, yo, right. Like if you poor, you notice. Know like this is shit that like is part of, is part of, you know what I'm saying, who we are. How do we get to a place where we go in and knock on our neighbor's door and just ask for some cultural like supportive sugar man because it's people that's really really struggling and Chris what made me think about it is I've been getting questions right like some some have been listeners of ours like got a black boy loves her black boy but just is out of options just is like yo where is this group of people where is this group of men that can help where is you know what I'm saying people are like really hurting really hitting their knees on the ground praying and I'm like damn I can write all these reports and do all this shit till I'm blue in the face but if I can't help her and that kid you know what I'm saying? So what am I doing? So I, I just wanted to expound on that point that you was making around. Is it just at the school or like no, how like do we help got, our people no. that's hurting? I feel like we have we talk often about what should that mom do or what should that dad do? They should do a lot. They should do whatever they can. They should be using their Internet access to get to every type of platform that is free, that helps boost learning. They should be getting to the libraries and using that free library card to the extent that they can or they know how. What is coming out of my mouth right now, there is going to be somebody who is going to hear that and who's going to say, yeah, but. Yeah, but there's some parents that don't know how to use a library, never been to a library. Yeah, there's some people who don't have uh, Internet access or whatnot. Sure. Fine. You're not going to negate my point by saying that because you always have something, right? God has given you a lot. Count your blessings. No matter where you are, you have something and you should be using it. But that shouldn't be the end of the story when we're talking about our eight million black children. If we're talking about them as a collective, we can't just be talking about individual parents need to do X and Y. Yes, do all you can, parents, on your own. I'm not telling you to, to do anything but to be as agentic, as, as Charles would say, as you can possibly be. Libraries, free platforms, use your internet, use your phone if you have to, use a laptop if you have to, use a, uh, a Kindle, whatever you got to use, supplement, 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 supplement. The schools aren't going to get it all done. And it is possible. Our people learned how to read underneath trees, in basements, in holes, in, you know, inside outside with running water without running water or whatnot so it's not going to always be perfect but you can do something but it can't be all on you either mm -hmm. right so we're going to have to go up a level from that that mom who's trying to do something and start calling our own people mm -hmm. to, to common tables around we have way more than we think we have we got organizations that are right near that mom the biggest problem that they have is that they're very busy and they're not connecting with each other. They're not putting the gumbo together. There's one over here with the sausage. There's one over here with the shrimp. There's one over here with the broth of the roux. There's one over here with the pot. And they got everything that they, they need for a community gumbo. But the, the problem is that they are disconnected from each other. And if we can do anything right now, it's to get out of that individualistic level of telling localize people what to do on the ground who have very few resources and start exactly. thinking a level up about all the fancy educated people above them that are in their their midst to start organizing themselves and their their budgets to do city-based campaigns literacy campaigns right is our it, let's not even talk like it's not happening either because yeah. I want to get out of that way of talking where it sounds like nothing I'm saying is actually not already happening. People are are attempting to do these things. We just got to spur it and do it more. Well, what kind of uh, Minnesota gumbo was you talking about? Because you left a whole lot of ingredients out for that to be New Orleans. Did gumbo. you did, did you want, did you want me to be extensive? I you want me to if, you, if you're going to explain if you're going to explain it, then did you know you. But listen, two things. Number one, I will be extensive. <laughs> but aside from that. At any time of your choosing, Ray and I will have a gumbo off. 
Oh, nice. And I can nice. guarantee after everybody gets tomain poisoning from yours, <laughs> that I will come out the clear winner. Yo, yo. Just make sure it's some right, venison in that job. Hey, I'm just, I'll show up for the, Louis, for the Louisiana boys having a gumbo off, man. That's, you know, y'all. We will have a gumbo off. Don't get banned. Look, don't. Don't don't get banned where y'all can't go home. But sticking with the Louisiana boy, man, Ray, what's on your mind this week in education and, and the intersection of education and black folks, man? Oh man, um, it's a nice sweater, bro. Thank you, I appreciate that, man. You know, J. Crew, what we do. Um, <laughs> that dude is a hater. <laughs> um, but no, seriously, back on task. Uh, you know, me being a critical friend of Reef, you know that that highlights my week. Um, making sure that Reef is doing whatever he needs to do. But in terms of being in the school setting, man, just making sure that everybody has what they need, right? It's like, you know, being a superintendent, you're kind of like a, a past first point, point guard, right? You're not worrying about yourself. You're worrying about making sure that the principals have everything they need. And then you're also worrying about the teachers having everything they need in order to bring uh, education, um, you know, to, to, to the needs of, of scholars. And so just thinking about that and then thinking along the lines of, some of the things that I'm seeing uh, in Mississippi, uh, El Michelle, who was in the comments, uh, had brought to uh, our attention that there's some anti-teaching uh, bills that are happening uh, in Mississippi. And once they start in Mississippi, then they'll start and they'll start trending uh, in other red states as well. And so what you have is you have like really good educators that are not fearful, fearful for their jobs in terms of what they can teach. Because if you're in a, in, in a, um, you're in a state that has anti-CRT laws, you know, you got people that are coming at you just for telling the truth about a particular uh, subject. And so you got to be really careful in terms of, so it's like everything that you've learned as a teacher, you kind of have to forget that now. And if you want to be safe in, 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 in your job, you got to teach the way that they want you to teach as opposed to like how you have, uh, condition yourself to teach. So if you've been a teacher, you're a veteran teacher for like 10, 15 years, and now all of a sudden you got to like retrain yourself to teach a different way, you're going to leave teaching. And so uh, one of the, and, uh, my last point is I've been looking for the research because you, know, you, you see all these posts with people posting, oh, teachers are leaving the profession in droves, uh, you know, teachers are leaving, you know, whatever. But they never say what race of teachers are leaving, right? And so I just got a, a, a hold to some data that's saying that Black teachers are leaving more than any other race of teachers. And I could see this being a catalyst as to even more Black teachers leaving the profession. Mm. And so when you have folks that are doing amazing work with trying to draw uh, black teachers in, black male teachers particularly, uh, and then you have, you know, this this massive exodus because you have states that I think are doing this shit on purpose that are running us out of teaching. So that's a thought. Anybody, any thoughts on what what, what Ray said? I I have to go to Sharif. <laughs> They're a package deal. Yeah, I mean, listen, I mean, Ray, Ray's is is spot on, you know, and, and this is what happened before the pandemic. Just, you know, the racism that, that uh, black teachers were experiencing, the forcing that invisible tax that people talk about, you know, the whole idea that they have to be the disciplinarian and police kids instead of um, instruct and do the things that they love. And that's why you see so many uh, black folks adjacent to schools because they feel like, you know what, I can be uh, independent of that space. But, you know, like, and, and every, again, locally, it depends on where you are and, and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, there's a, you know, there's, it's a, a critical, you know, uh, piece that we have to really uh, grapple with. And I think one of the things that people have to do, uh, government, districts, et cetera, is really look at what are they asking educators to do? How do they uh, address, you know, some of the, the uh, historical racism that continues to permeate and perpetuate in their in their systems um in their policies and how to how to address it you know um the the time magazine just came out with a piece and and you know highlighting a lot of this that uh, ray was talking about you know and it's the whole reason why we did that uh, teacher retention toolkit as well as you know that that report with teach plus about you know shout out the center shout out the center uh, allowing uh, folks to be who you know who they are and and their authentic selves, uh, which is a, a big part of it. You know, um, you know, Dr. Imani uh, mentioned something in the in the video that I was uh, talking about earlier, Precious Places, and she said, you know, in black for education for black people historically, 
you know, it wasn't always about resistant oppression. You know, sometimes it was just for them to be their authentic selves. Now it's a dual role. Like you have to like resist oppression, but also allow educators and the students that they lead to find their full humanness, their full humanity, their full being, their their positive racial identity, all of that has to be a part of it. Um, but it starts with educators too, you know? Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot of folks who are, are leaving. I also got a shout out. There's a lot of folks who are staying. Somebody put out a tweet like, oh, with all this stuff, what makes you stay? The vast majority of folks said, my students, like, you know what? Like, yes, it's a struggle for me, but it's it's a bigger struggle for them. And I'm, I'm staying here in, in partnership with their family. So um, so shout out to to those uh, to those vanguards. Mm. Man, shout, hey, listen, this guy's being shy. Shout out to the Center of Black Educated Development uh, in Philadelphia <laughs> out here putting in that work. I don't even know what you're doing, bro. Shout out Bright Bean for highlighting voices. Uh, in, in this work, man. We out here doing this work, bro. There ain't no time to be humble, man. These people know we set the trends. <laughs> <laughs> they all bums. I mean, I, I, I'll say this just to what you were saying, Reef, because I'm struggling. I, and, and I think Ray is absolutely correct. I do think that the four of us, I mean, there are some, some great things that are happening. And yet and still, there's still a hole in my damn heart, right, around just the people that still like, it's just struggling, bro. It's just rough. And it don't matter how much reform we do at that, that other level. They just, you know what I'm saying? They just, they just, they just, it just ain't hitting the surface. I'm doing research in a place. The city will remain nameless. And I'm doing a bunch of different things in a bunch of different places. So you can't pinpoint it. But we had a group of educators and we asked them. And one of the recommendations they had about fixing education, they said, no more parent groups. They said, we don't want to hear from no more parents. And, you know, as a researcher, you got to be, you can't react to stuff, but you can be curious. And like, what do you mean? They just were, these people just did not see these parents as like valuable enough to have input <laughs> on education. Now let's just, let's just be, have this conversation and I'll be very honest. And I'm talking to my fellas right now. I ain't even worried about who's listening. I do agree around the technical parts around teaching and governing and doing education. There is a certain level of expertise that is needed. Again, I don't think that, Parents that have no academic education, I mean, you know, background need to be telling you how to do X, Y, and Z in a profession that you've gone to school for. However, <laughs> when you start saying that, when you feel about your client base now that they shouldn't even have a thought or opinion on the end goal of education, like even with COVID, right? Like we talked about this last time where it was like, okay, people need to give everybody a break, this, that, and the third, and parents... It's like, yeah, and I agree a thousand percent, but parents can be upset knowing that one hundred and ninety billion dollars was given out around COVID. Right. And like not that you're supposed to fix this COVID thing, but just like, yo, was there is there a backup plan that we have? Did anything happen? What I'm saying is, what do we do <laughs> when the very system that we're trying to help and support and be around when they just blatantly say, no, nah, I, I definitely don't want them parents to have no say in anything that's going on or with the quality of what we're doing with their kids. Like I was, I was, I was, I was kind of speechless when I heard somebody say that. And, and again, like no judge. Well, let me not. You can't say no judgment. Well, I was curious. I was curious and it did get cleaned up. You know what I'm saying? But I'm sticking yeah. with the initial thought because I know y'all have heard this. I know y'all have experienced this in some way. I know Chris has talked about when he had to go up to his kid's school and they said, they called his kid a name lethargic or whatnot. And just, Chris wasn't going to tell you how to teach my kid, how to run your classroom or whatever the case is. All he was saying is as a parent, I know this, I know this child and this child is far from lethargic. How you are viewing my kid is a problem, but Chris actually has information and, and, and resources to help with that. But even in that moment, he felt a little helpless. So what about, you know what I'm saying? Are people that ain't even got need that. a reality check too, though. Cause I, I I'm with you. I'm the, I'm, I'm parent ride or die. Like I'm parent, like parents need to be involved and enraged and engaged and blah, 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 all the stuff, all the things, uh, you know. But at this point right now, when I'm starting to call for more of us to to think about what part do we play in the solution and what part do, are we playing in the problem? That requires everybody like conflict resolution requires everybody to, to be honest about that with themselves. Mm. What part am I what part of the solution am I part participating in? What part of the problem am I participating in? A teacher who says what you just said to me is a problem. 
who just automatically X's everybody out and the parents, I'm sick of hearing them, people, blah, 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 whatever. At the same time, though, I would want to know what's behind that. What type of right. experience are those teachers? What, what type of parents are they seeing show up? Now, Because if I've learned anything more recently is how when I said that about parents, I wasn't talking about all parents. <laughs> I just want to be real. With this CRT stuff and watching parents go and threaten to bring guns to school board meetings right. and show up to school board meetings and advocate for all the wrong stuff and be loud and wrong and racist and blah, blah, blah. So I've got to be more specific when I say parents, right? When I say, you know, parent power to the parents and all that, because I'm not meaning power to all the loud, wrong, angry, hostile, stupid, don't show up when they're supposed to show up, but show up when they're not supposed to show up, demand things that aren't good for anybody. You know, I'm not talking about them people. And mm-hmm. and our educators are hearing from a range of people, right? They're, he- they're hearing from people that don't want those kids in their classroom. They're hearing, you know, uh, from parents that are telling them, you're spending too much time with those kids and not giving my kid enough time and blah, right. blah, blah. And they're seeing a fuller picture from their perspective on that side, then we're seeing when we show up with our individual thing around parents. So I don't know that I'm like discounting saying that that teacher who said that to you or said that in one of your groups or whatever was problematic. I am just saying, I am also listening to other educators who are having an experience with parent parents that kind of tempers my sense of parents are always right. Kind of like that customer is always. Oh, yeah, no, no. I'll, yeah. yeah. I'll, and, and like I said, I want to be fair because when we dug deep and got curious, it got a little bit more specific. And I think this person, you know what I'm saying? So I want to, like I said, be fair. However, the sentiment is wild in the sense of on a general sense. Yo, my kid isn't getting quality and you feel like, yo, take this or leave it. You ain't got nothing better that you can do. Well, what would you do? Knowing you the no way that I know you and I'll ask this to any of y'all, but not Sharif because Sharif is like Mr. Peacekeeper, you know. <laughs> sit on a, a mushroom and think big stuff, big thoughts about the world and shit. And it's always peaceful. So, so for yeah, those sit on a toadstool instead of a mushroom, like, like <laughs> he, he always meditative, brother. He always like, like, like peace loving, but these other two brothers know what it is to experience violence sometimes and go mm-hmm. with violence for the day. So if you was a teacher in a time where you're getting no planning periods, you're getting no you're, you're getting no breaks during the day like you used to. You have additional kids in your class because people refuse to send their kids with masks on and stuff keeps getting passed around. So your colleagues are going in and out of the classroom and you're having to pick up their slack. Right. And you mad from six, six fifty to like three thirty every day, angry and hostile and still go home and have more work to do or whatnot. Your marriage is falling apart. You worried about dying and getting sick or whatnot. And somebody shows up and be like, you're not doing enough. What would you do? What would you say in that moment? Well, I'll go and then I'll let Ray give a much better answer than me. How about that? I think so. Yeah, I think that. And listen, my thing isn't at it's not at teachers. Everybody is, is struggling right now. It's rough. It's rough. I'm talking about an issue that has persisted long before this pandemic. Like, I think we are now getting into like everything is related to the pandemic as if things were good before the pandemic happened. There are people that do not feel or respect those parents that come through the door around the education of their kids. And there are I'm friends with a lot of teachers on Twitter and on Facebook. Those teachers, some of those are rock stars in the sense that they so over communicate with their parents. They so over communicate. They'll say, hey, this is what happened in the meeting today. Yo, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm going to try to do for you. Like there's a level of explanation. It's one thing to be like, you know what? We're about to have this act because it's unsafe. Our kids feel unsafe. We're going to do this sick out in three days. Let's make some plans. It's another thing to be like, I ain't saying nothing to nobody. I'm just out this thing and leave kids that I say I love and care about in the lurch. It's not an issue of like the profession. We're talking about each of these things have individuals. And as I put in that video where we shout, we shall raise some love. Also, teachers are not the administration or the or union leadership all the time. Right. There's That's a lot right. of there's a lot That's of teachers right. that were saying we don't know what's happening ourselves. We don't know That's if right. we get a, a call or a text in the morning that it's on right now. It's popping. Don't do this. Don't do that. You know what I mean? So. Um, so, again, everybody's having a human moment and it's rough for a lot of people. But when the when a deck is stacked and I have to make a decision and I have to like have an opinion, it's always going to start first for me with students and those kids and those families. And then it'll go out to that next layer of educators. And like, that's just how it, it, that's how it has to work for me because we're not talking about every kid in America. We're not talking about kids in private schools that have resources out the yin yang. 
We are talking about those kids that are often in the lurch, those families that are often in the lurch. And I'm worried about them. And as it's been said on the show a lot of times, a lot of middle class folks that got degrees that can actually make some decisions. You don't want to do this no more. It's like, yo, I'm about to go do this. You know what I'm saying? But our kids will die. Yo, some of our kids will die when they got this bad education that, 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 you know, so people can take that out of context. I don't mean it out of context, but it is what it is. I, I got a cigar tonight and I'm talking to my friends. So Ray, you would cuss somebody out. You, you gave a long answer, but you would cuss somebody out. <laughs> I know you, well, I tried and you to would get have context. a day, you know. Yeah, you know. I try to get I try to get context though, right? Because I, there are people that make things difficult and hard on folks. I mm-hmm. I've been listen. I worked in a district. I've had like there have been parents that showed up didn't know what they were talking about, but like super belligerent and stuff like that. I've had to ask people to leave. So I get that, man. I totally get it. But I'm talking about on the whole when you like talk about a whole community. When you talk about the whole West Oakland community, you talk about all these kids at this school, which I have seen happen. I've been in those rooms. I've heard how they talk about those kids. And I think that's why sometimes our statements sound so harsh because all of us have had experience. You on the board, you teaching, you know what I'm saying? You leading schools or whatever. But we've heard how people talk about our community when our community ain't in the room. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And Ray, you can jump in, bro. Cause you yeah. got firsthand experience, but don't act like you don't practice violence sometimes too. But go ahead, man. Oh man, I practice violence in all facets of my <laughs> life, bro. And that, and that is why having Reef as the Zen master is the perfect critical friend for me. And we are critical best friends uh. in this work. But uh, Charles, you had hit on something earlier, man. Now, I, I kind of want to stick here because I know once Chris hears what I'm going to say or hear my take, he's going to take the, the the horns and run with it, right? So you talked about education. Uh, pre-COVID and how education has been bad. And it made me, it, th- it made me, it took me back to a conversation that me and Chris were having about charter schools in New Orleans. Like folks in New Orleans act like schools weren't terrible prior to Katrina mm-hmm. and prior to the system turning 100% charter, right? And so we were having a conversation, like thinking back about how bad that crap was in New Orleans prior to, right? So like at least now you got kids that have a fighting chance more than a fighting chance that they had prior to. But people, you know, they, they don't they don't want to revisit that history. I understand. Cool. Um, student voices. Student voices are paramount in this work, man. And Charles, you were right. You were uh, nail on head with that. Um, I always look at things from the perspective of the students first, right? Mm-hmm. I think the students, uh, yeah, nail on head. Hammer. Head. Sorry. You got it, bro. You good, bro. Stay, yeah, stay focused, is, what, What's wrong with this hater down here, yo? All right. But anyway, um, student voices, man. Like, I always focus on student voices because I think students are the end users. And, like, if, you, if you're not going through students in terms of asking them what they want, then at the end of the day, you're not going to have a successful school. And so we just did an online campaign. I just did an online campaign um, focusing on our student voices in terms of, like, how they felt about virtual learning and in-person learning. And uh, this upcoming week, I'm also uh, highlighting our students in terms of how they feel about school choice and uh, and what roles they played in making the choice to stay at our school as opposed to going back to the district school. Um, but I think, you know, when we center student voices at our school, uh, those kids feel empowered. We don't have to worry about behavior. We don't have to worry about any of those things because at the end of the day, students are part of the process and making the choices uh, in terms of what happens in our school. So, you know, you guys were were absolutely correct in terms of like centering student voices. Mm-hmm. Hey, did I get everybody's thoughts? I think I, Sharif, I started with you. Chris, you gave us what was on your mind. Ray, you got to give what was on your mind this week, too. Okay, cool. I just wanted to make sure I did that. I know we're coming up on time and I did it where I go last just in case. Oh, time 20 short. minutes. Well, I'm just making, bro, I wanted to just make sure I didn't miss nobody. Can't, like, <laughs> See, try, violence. I'm trying I'm, I'm trying to be inclusive in this joint, bro, before I, you know what I'm saying, talk about what was on my mind, man. I, but I, New I think, York nasty never disappoints. No, nah, it's all good. Right. Listen, man, Ray, Ray been showing hey, love, man. I lost another got, friend. Hey, Ray hit me up. It's all, I appreciate you, brother. Hey, I, good. I, 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 I got you on full screen, too. Hey, the, 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 the braises, they popping, bro. I, 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 I wish. appreciate that, brother. You I know, wish. Moisture I is, the, is, the, is the key, brother. There you go. I got you. Uh, we out here. Reef can do it, too. You know what I'm saying? He got a lot of shrinkage going on, but 
Which uh, doesn't love himself enough. No, Sharif is allergic to combs. But um, so <laughs> they no, they make him break out in highs. They told me is his Fatima told me. She said no, it's highs. Hey, ain't nobody got time for all that. Y'all mean y'all y'all pretty boys, y'all do your thing. Y'all I don't know do your thing. Yeah, go ahead, I mean, we got a picture of Sharif with the with the with the cornrows, bro. It's out there, it's in the ether. We've seen it. He gets shaped up every now and then. Uh Fatima yeah, got yeah. it. It's all good. I would say, you know, what's been on my mind, man, is just again, I, I just been thinking about like these these practical solutions for people that, like I said, are struggling, man. Like I, I was talking to, to Josh a little bit about it, just some ideas, but like this office hours thing. And I'm like, yo, in this network, we got Ray, who's a superintendent. We got Chris, who's been on boards and runs one of the biggest education platforms out there. Sharif, who's just a, a superstar. I got the cast from Common Grounds, who also runs successful schools and districts and all that. If y'all are out there struggling with something, just send us a message. Put hashtag it. Uh, office hours or whatever, but just ask a question around what you what you stop suffering with. If I got the answer or the resource, I'll answer it. We'll do a video. We can do a Twitter space. But if I can't answer, I'm sure one of these three cats can. I'm sure uh, the cats from Common Grounds can. I'm sure somebody in our collective network can answer it, yo. Like we have to be that beacon for each other. We just got to. We just cannot. We talk about how bad the system is every week. And then I, I feel so empty when I'm like, yeah, and, and let's just keep pushing that system. That system is broken, is dead. That horse, <laughs> that horse leg is broke, man. That dog ain't gonna hunt. I don't know what else, however else ways we need to say it. We will always push for these schools to be better. But damn, you gotta be able to, to rely on each other. And and I don't know. I don't I don't know what I'm building or what's actually helping, bro. I got people that's like really hurting, man. And it's like. I was talking to somebody else that's not in this network, bro. And she just like broke down and just crying, man. Like, she's just like, I have to go to work. I cannot not go to work. Like, I will be homeless. And that struck me for a few different personal reasons. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, like, I can't, I can't not, I can't get a decision in the day of, and then I got to call into work. I don't have that type of job. Like, I will lose it. You know what I mean? So shout out to the people that's homeschooling. And shout out to these people that's putting in pods together. But if y'all are in listening right now, y'all know each other, man. Y'all got to lean on each other. You got to talk to each other. It's a rant that's not completely done. Um, but, you know, I know it might not just fully be connecting, but that's why I just needed a homie show. So my bad, y'all, on, on like the lack of structure in this show or the lack of guests. But like that stuff is heavy on my heart, man. Like especially when it's moms and boys, because boys, especially that 12 and up, I know I know when those boys start turning. Right. You know, when they say. Hey, Ma, don't worry. I got it. I know what that means, bro. Like, I know what it, and y'all know what it means. You know what I'm saying? Like, there are some decisions that's about to be made, and we just got to help these people out. So if you got a boys clubs, churches, mosque, people, uncles, like you said, Chris, like, those dads, if you're going out somewhere and, and you got neighbors, kids, man, take them. I don't know, bro. I'm going to just stop there. It's a lot on my heart and my chest, and I didn't get it fully articulated. But my heart goes out to you all like it's it is some of y'all are really, really struggling. And, and it's not just about the politics of it. It's beyond those politics. It's beyond who believes in vaccinations or not. Right. Like there's some real economic issues for a lot of the people that we serve. So I don't yeah, know. Hey, I don't have an answer. Shout, out, shout, shout out Auntie Elaine, man. She 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 kind of just captured my thoughts, man. We don't need no guests, man. When we bring on a guest, that's for the guests. <laughs> that ain't for us, man. We hold it down. We all right out here. So just just make sure that folks know that. Like when you come on the A Black Hands, it's a honor and a privilege for you to be in our space. I not damn, for right? us to be in your space. Right? Like I, yo, bro, no, I, I, I disavow. Let me I disavow, you know what I mean? Disavow. Disavow. <laughs> hey, All good. But uh, if you if, if, if parents, if you're if you're looking for things to do, right? Uh I got four things for you in terms of just like what you can do right now. And so the first thing that I'll say is uh is go to a school board meeting. Right now, you don't have to be in person at these school board meetings. You can attend uh virtually, right? So that you can see what's going on in terms of those rooms that we're not in. Um, you can you can definitely be in those spaces via Zoom. 
Uh, the second thing is uh, checking with your child daily, right? So like daily check-ins with your child, but not just superficial. How was your day? Um, as I think Reef had uh, mentioned this before in the show, ask your child who made them feel safe, right? So that you can start connecting the dots in terms of like those adults that are in that building that provide a safe, uh, uh, safe harbor for your for your child, right? Uh, the third thing thing is uh, what what uh, community based organizations in your neighborhood are doing the work, right? You you work in that community, you know, you talk to folks. Um, what's happening in these communities to where it's like, all right, well, you know, if I if I took my kid to this organization or whatever, I, I can get mentorship, I could get this, I could get that or whatever, right? So think about that. And then the last thing. You know, um, just came back from Covington, Louisiana, and so I just want to make sure that I um, that I make mention of this. Who teaches Sunday school, right? Who are these teachers that are in vacation Bible school? And the reason why I'm saying that is because that's a way for you to extend your week. So now you got a six day a school week, and then you got to extend the summer, right? And then you know you're teaching your kids about the Lord, teaching your kids the right thing to do. Um, those are other opportunities in order for your kids uh, to to get good instruction. I remember uh, Sunday school for me, again, my Sunday school teacher was a special educator. And so um, a lot of the things that I was learning in Head Start, I was able to make that connection in Sunday school. And I think that between um, between Regina Chelly, uh, uh, Head Start and um in Sunday school, those is where I, that's where I learned my found, my reading foundation. That's where I gained my reading foundation. So think about those things if your parents um, and make those connections. And uh, and again, if you have any uh, questions, concerns, uh, anything that you want to talk about with regards to the education space, uh, you can reach out to us. I've uh, put myself out there several times in terms of um, if you guys would like to talk about IEP meetings, things that you need to be prepare for if you want to have a critical friend with you in these IP meetings, I will make myself available for you. If I can't get the job done, I will have somebody on my staff that will walk you through what you need. Uh, anything that we can do um, amongst the Blacks to protect the Blacks and, uh, and, and be great. That's what's up, man. That's what's up. Um, uh, go ahead. Oh, no, go ahead, because I was going to roll this into final thoughts, man. But go, go ahead, uh, Reeve. Go where you need to go. Uh, yeah, I was just gonna say Ray made me think of, uh, you know, also want to just shout out the folks who are a long time ago and several times thereafter, you know, Chris will talk about mentorship as well as sponsorship. Um, and I want to shout out to all those, fo- you know, I've just been hearing so many stories as well as a recipient as well as giver of, of sponsors like scholarships for different things. Right. And so, you know, shout out to like uh, Dr. Saud uh, Suad Islam, you know, who for several children, you know, she finds black dolls and black books and other resources and internationally, like, you know, there are folks, you know, uh, African people from around the world who write her letters of thanks for, you know, thank you for this book, or I wasn't aware of that. And my child, you know, here's a picture of my child with this, um, you know, doing those kind of things. There are folks who are sponsoring kids to participate in reconstruction.us. Like there, there are folks who are, showing up like Mama Toya to do uh, programming, after school programs, whatever. It's just like when, and this goes back to the original uh, conversation we were having about, you know, when Chris, you asked like, what could people do outside of the school? You know, that sponsorship for something or scholarship, it reminds me, my grandfather used to, hey, which magazines do y'all want? You know what I mean? And so we would highlight Ranger Rick and National Geographic were the joints that I wanted all the time. No matter what, I knew those were coming. Right. And so there's so many folks like in addition, adjacent to schools. These are things that, you know, that people with means. And, you know, as you said, it don't take much to be a philanthropist. You know, um, so when you had the opportunity, uh, don't just think that it's the uh, the billionaires and the trillionaires, you know, like it's it's us. Mm. That's what's up, man. I think that's a perfect way to kind of swing in the final thoughts, man. And Chris, I hope. Uh, hey, hey, why are you? If you you, I know you needed this show. Why are you cutting us short? Like what is happening, man? Like we we good. Like what's happening? Oh no, I mean we we at the eight fifty three mark, brother. I just wanted to. Uh, you, Chris, you you uh you you muted, but go ahead, brother. I just was you know. 
Uh, I, 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 my final thoughts. Go ahead, Chris. What'd you say, Chris? Chris, Violet. your final thoughts. Can you censor uh, Critical Friend? Censor him a little bit. Yeah, I mean, give him a little... <laughs> I mean, if folks want to keep going, it's all good. I, I you know, I, I know it's, we also competing with a, a, a crazy football game that's happening right now too. But, uh, but so Chris, say that then. Go? Say that. No, 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 no. It's not even. I don't. I, I'm not going to watch the football game. I'm. I'm actually a show I mean, behind and editing. Football. Eight million black children who ain't getting what they need every day to to reach their highest potential. <laughs> football. No, no. Black children I, listen, not getting what they need to I reach. I can, I can stay as long I can't as tell witches, you know. Look, man, I can stay as long as we need to, man. I, I, I just, you know. Ooh, that sounds like a challenge. You know what? Can you stay twenty-four hour live stream with no breaks? No. No. Okay, good. All right. Well, then you just lied. Then you said you couldn't do. It. You just see. see if, 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 if somebody cap. else down here would have been good, but uh, yeah. no, nah, I just, you know, like so. One, um, I didn't get to do this last time. Uh, you know, Dirk was friends of all of us. Uh, we co- co-founded and did this initiative around Dump the D, uh, which he named it Dump the D, and we we just put out a an op-ed, and you know, and that was kind of in his honor. We getting some, you know, it, it it is what it is. So trying to keep that 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 man's spirit alive and do what we said we was going to do. I think, um, look, man, I, I was I, this is what I was going to do in my final thoughts, and we can just kind of keep going, but. Um, there in North Oakland, there's this barbershop called One for All, and Ed Post did an amazing like intro thing for me a few years ago. It's a long time ago, but I talk about that barbershop being the best education source that I've had in my life. And in it, you see this woman, uh, this tall woman, very very sweet woman, uh, who uh, has known me the longest since I've been in California. When my mother was getting clean, she was right there, and that's when she was starting to. Uh, to, to start her, she was, you know, she was becoming a barber and she used to practice on me. And then uh, I was 11 and I'm 38 now. She's been cutting my hair. Uh, and last week, um, I, I don't know if it was COVID, diabetes, I don't know what it was, but uh, Maddie uh, collapsed in the barbershop and passed away. Uh, as tired as I am of coming on this show and talking about spirits and dead people, uh, it's just the reality. It just is what it is. But I have to honor uh, this woman's uh, legacy for what she's meant to me. Everything that I've done, whether it was going to college, whether it was going away, uh, even with a black hands or like that woman has been able to calm me and keep me, you know, uh, just in a really good place. And when we talk about the heroes in our community, a lot of people don't, well, a lot of people in North Oakland know it, right? Because the barbershop is that place, but a lot of people nationally, she ain't got no national profile. She's not blue check, uh, but that woman means more to me uh, than most people that I've ever met. And she was still relatively young. And, uh, you know, so I am trying, you know, she has listened to some shows before and we had talked about it. And she was like, yeah, like, I want to make sure that, you know, how we helping these people, you know, it kind of came up like your mom where they're struggling with that. So I'm trying to honor that and honor her memory in that and not just give people rhetoric or the enemy or the system or the thing. And like, how do we actually help people like when, and when does it start to feel different? You know what I mean? So I just wanted to make sure that I was honoring her memory and doing it in a healthier way than how I did with Dirks. Um, and without going into too much detail, uh, I appreciate my brothers at the A Black Hands who had to endure a lot of that moment. Cause it wasn't just Dirk. Uh, if y'all remember in that two week span, it was three people. Uh, and Dirk was the, the last one. Um, and so no one should be, used to death at this type of rate, especially when I'm not as close to a type of life that I might've grown up in or seen or whatever the case is, but such is life. And I know there's a lot of people that are struggling and I want to also just say thank you to uh, Sarah Carpenter. Cause for some reason, even though she just had surgery in her head, always knows when something is wrong and gives a call. So um, the point that I'm making is I know this is a tough time for a lot of people. And I know that sometimes people think we just talking about education for the hell of talking about education. But some of us have buried a lot of people. Uh, and then we looking like, yo, was that person able to read? Was that person able to do this? You know, school was a refuge for me. Uh, college was a refuge for me. And if it was a lie, I believed it, that I had to go to college lest I would end up at an early death or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So again, the thoughts are not all there, but I do appreciate you brothers allowing. I just was not in the space to be able to plan out a full thing, but I appreciate y'all's patience around that. And for you, Maddie, 
Um, I will continue to do my best to make you proud. I will continue to fight that good fight and remember where I came from and remember the Henry uh, Robinson uh, uh, shelter and continue, you know, and, and, and housing uh, place where we were. And, and, and I just want to make sure that I do proud by you and your brother in that shop. Um, and, I, you know, there's a, a short video I'll, I'll, I'll attach it or whatnot. But um, but thank you all for that space. And I and I will try to deal with this one in a better way than I did in the previous one. I might not show up for everything. I might not have it in me to, you know, go to a bunch of different places because uh, this one felt like losing a mom. It felt like not a mom, like an aunt. You know what I'm saying? Like it, this is probably one of the people that was closest to me. So uh, thank you, Sharif, Ray and Chris uh, for your patience in that. And that I don't I don't need a final thought. You all can take it away. We can go wherever we need to go. But I, I had to honor that woman's uh, I'm not here with y'all. I am not as positive or she would not let me be down on myself, yo. Like she's the one that said, man, you ain't got to be in Oakland all the time. Go, go, go. I felt bad about buying a house in Chicago. I felt bad about doing stuff outside of Oakland. She was like, no, you got to, you got to give God's bless you. You need to be everywhere where they want you and keep doing it. So uh, Maddie, thank you for that. I will miss your lineups. I will miss your laughs, uh, but we will make you proud. So I will end there for me and we should, you know, let's just keep going. Bro, I'm not going after that. Me either. I mean, yeah, there's nothing to add after could, that. I mean, could, that's the show closing right there. I yeah, guess. that's the show closing right there, yeah. bro. You can't go after that. All right. Well, yeah. with that being our said, con- our condolences, though, man. It's, uh, definitely our condolences. You know, shout out to to the folks who hold hold people down. You know, um, yes. like she did. So yes, and uh, and and those barbershops, those churches, those mentors, the people that you learn how to play chess from on the street. Those those griots. Those just. The person from the corner store that you might know by name or whatever, man, we're a community and we have to learn how to get back into that space. Uh, for the folks that are the audio fans, those that, that is my bad. Uh, the, the audio for last week's show and this show, it may be a day or two late, but I will get both of those up. Uh, I've been a little preoccupied. But with that being said, we will see you all next week at the same bad time, the same bad channel to our A Black Hands community. Send us those questions. We will do the best we can to answer them, to get you the support, but send them, hashtag them, find us. You know how to get to one of the four of us. And if you know what I'm saying, and we will do the best that we can. And we thank you all. And we will keep this A Black Hands train moving. With that, have an amazing, amazing week. Take care of yourselves and take care of each other. A you have been listening to the A Black Hands podcast with Ankrum, Cole, El Mecki, and Stewart. If you like what you heard, follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at 8BlackHands1. Thank you for listening.